It's that time of week, the time you've been waiting for. It's time for Goat Gab, a weekly podcast about all things in the dairy goat industry. Sit back and enjoy an hour or so with your hosts, Laura Warren Hughes and Cameron Jedlowski, as we talk about ideas and topics that matter to the dairy goat world. Welcome back, Goat Gabbers, to another exciting episode of Goat Gab. As always, I'm one of your co-hosts, Cameron Jedlowski. I'm your other co-host, Laura Warren-Hughes, in hot and steamy Missouri today. <laughs> and uh, we are so excited to be back with you again this week and even more excited to introduce our amazing guest that we have. We have Dr. Paul Plummer. Um, and we're going to let Paul tell about himself and all, but... but the main reason why I'm so excited is he is Mr. Everything about the youth events at the national show. And um, this is this is the person who really has made those youth events into what they are today, which is a premier event for youth uh, to participate. So, Dr. Plummer, you want to go ahead and tell us about yourself and your history with dairy goats and so forth? Sure. Well, it's a pleasure to be here this morning, Laura and Cameron, and thank you for the opportunity to uh, to join and, and visit with you and your listeners about um, something that I'm passionate and I know you both are passionate about, uh, and that's uh, the youth activities at the Aga National Show and, and helping to develop our, our future generation of goat breeders and, and goat exhibitors. Um, so as you said, um, my name's Paul Plummer. I, I grew up in the dairy goat world. Um, and so was born into a family that, um, bred Tagenbergs and, um, uh, back in Pennsylvania. Um, so grew up, um, showing, uh, dairy goats and, um, was a national, uh, ag national youth rep, um, I don't know, sometime around 1993 or something like that, quite a while ago. Don't remember the exact year, but uh, it was it was in there somewhere, and um, and then have continued to stay active in uh, the youth events. Really, it was that um, being that Aga National Youth Rep that uh, you know increased my engagement in uh, Aga as an organization, and uh, opened up some, an opportunity then a couple of years later to. Um, to take over as chair for the Aga National Youth Events. At that time, it was combined with the convention youth events. So we were one youth events committee that did both convention and, and nationals. And uh, and over time, we've we've moved those to two separate committees uh, for for a number of reasons. Um, but it's been my pleasure since then, and and now it's fun, you know, as a, a dad myself and. Um, to watch my kids uh, participating and, and thinking back to uh, all the years and all that, uh, you know, showing dairy goats and, and being part of AGA has done for um, my personal growth and, and professional growth. It's just a pleasure uh, to be in that role. So I'm here and excited to talk about it today. And Dr. Plummer, what do you do in your, uh, your real job besides being awesome? So yeah, um, my my real job. I'm a veterinarian, um, and so I um, I'm a professor and an endowed chair at the Iowa State University College of Veterinary Medicine, uh, where I teach large animal internal medicine and um, uh, with a significant focus on small ruminant uh, diseases and uh, and goats of sheep and and camels. Um, so I uh, teach most of our elective courses here at Iowa State Vet Med. Uh, I'm actually the the only person in North America that's boarded in uh, small animal medicine or small animal, small ruminant medicine. Um, but that's actually because the U S doesn't have a boarding mechanism. So I was one of the um, founding diplomats of the European college of small ruminant medicine, uh, which is a specialty organization for folks that focus on uh, small ruminant uh, medicine and health management and stuff. Um, and then I also serve as the executive director for the, National Institute for Antimicrobial Resistance Research and Education. And so spend that time doing a, a lot of work um, at a national and international level, 
serving on committees and panels. And uh, so it's a very diverse job. It's a lot of fun. Last week I was in Washington, D.C., visiting with senators and uh, representatives and uh, and uh, folks in the White House Office of Science and Tech Policy and, and different places talking about uh, how we use antibiotics and animal agriculture and uh, the importance of them and uh, working with human health and and uh, environmental health and plant health to uh, figure out how we can continue to improve our uses of those. So that's my that's my day job. Um, not quite as as exciting and and uh, interesting, perhaps, to your uh, listeners as as youth events, but uh, some I enjoy doing. Actually, I think it is like amazing to know that we have somebody with your backgrounds, Dr. Plummer, who is. Um, a dairy goat breeder who's also teaching future vets that just, I think is wonderful because the more that we can teach um, veterinary students, want to be doctors that, that goats really are an industry that needs to, to have attention given to them just like hogs or, or cattle or anything else like that. You know, we're, we're climbing in numbers. I think it's important. And, and as a nurse, I know how important antimicrobial stewardship is on the hospital side of things. And it's cool to think about working hand in hand with our veterinary partners, uh, really to make sure that we have the antibiotics to fight the infections in both people and animals that we need. And I would love to have you on um, in the future, I think, because I think that's an important thing for uh, animal owners to understand is that stewardship of using antibiotics. It is. It's it's critically important, and uh, you know, antibiotics are um, have really revolutionized uh, healthcare, um, not only for humans but animals as well. And um, so many of our modern modern opportunities that we have with uh, um, you know organ transplants, saving pre premature babies, um, chemotherapy, uh, all of these things, you know, are really critically dependent on our ability to. Uh, use antibiotics in, in those patients and, and certainly in our livestock, our, our animals that we spend so much time breeding and, and working with, you know, when they get sick, we need to be able to use those antibiotics. And um, so it's, um, yeah, it's a complex topic, one I'd love to visit with you um, more on, um, but certainly you're exactly right that how we use antibiotics in humans, animals, and even crops and, and uh, antifungals in our crops uh, is critically important. And um, if we want to keep being able to use those as tools moving forward, we have to make sure we're doing our best to use them appropriately today. So uh, exciting topic for another podcast sometime. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, before we dive into the, the world of, of Agri Youth events here, Laura, what, what, uh, what's up on your farm here? So I finally got my national show entries done last night <laughs> with an hour to spare. That always makes you a little bit nervous and you think, oh yeah, it's Eastern time, not Central time. But anyway, I did get, it, get them done. So um, anyway, uh, that's always that's always a big uh, sigh of relief to get it done. And and um, then you're like, okay, it's we're committed. You know, we've pulled the trigger now at this point. So um you know, I, I just, I'm in that crunch time mode and I'm sure everybody else is. And I don't have that many animals going, Cameron. And I know that you can't say that, but I always feel like there's just so much to do in so little time. Absolutely. So, yeah, yeah. I, I agree so wholeheartedly on that. One time we actually won the award for the most animals brought. We won the, what were you thinking award? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You probably didn't need an, a, an award to say that. What were we thinking? Yeah, we did not, but it was much appreciated there. Um, Dr. Plummer, you, I know you've been in D.C. Um, what else is happening? Um, unloading hay. <laughs> got home from D.C. and got straight on the hay wagon. <laughs> and uh, and so, um, you know, tis the season and um, just getting ready to head to Pennsylvania here um, in a couple of weeks. Um, we're not taking goats this year um, just for a variety of reasons. But um, me and my four oldest kids will, will be coming. And, um, you know, I, I think you both know, but I um, my goats, I told you I grew up on a dairy goat farm, but um, it, it was actually in Southeast Pennsylvania, not far from uh, Harrisburg. And so that that was my old stomping grounds uh, showed there at the farm show complex for our state 
every year and uh, grew up in that area. So it's a, it's a fun opportunity for me to take my kids back that haven't seen the area that I grew up in there around Lancaster County and, um, and, and Doylestown and, and Bucks County. And so um, we're, we're going early and going to do a little uh, kind of personal family sightseeing of, uh, of important places for the family um, before we uh, end up back there at uh, the farm show complex. So looking forward to that. That's awesome. That I'm so glad you get to do that. And that's so fun for you to go back and, and visit with your kids there. And so will they be doing youth events as well there? Uh, yes, they're going to um, be participating in some of the youth events, um, <laughs> various ones of them. So I, I have five kids. Um, my oldest is 15 and my youngest is five. The youngest ones, or she's actually four and a half. She she won't be coming, but the older four will be coming. And um, they're, they're at least all committed on a fitting team. Um, and, and then a couple of them are planning to do showmanship and, uh, and, uh, then some judging and management, but, uh, some of the younger ones are still, still a little bit on the young side to completely dive in, but they're gonna, they're gonna team up on the fitting team for sure. That's exciting. Awesome there. Awesome. Awesome. Um, on my farm, we had a show this week. Uh, we had very good success there. I had a couple, uh, new champion does. So for show out, um, was kind of nervous. It was weird. I was kind of nervous for this goat show, but um, nonetheless, I went there with the expectation that I wanted to see how the goats would look in preparation for the national show, and we did. So super excited about that. Um, and then we are just uh, heads down and full steam ahead on preparations for the national show. Uh, three time a day milking and potentially contemplating going to four times a day as well. Um, and then also trying to locate some hay some better hay than what I'm dealing with, which is a struggle. Yeah, this is that time of year. I think that it's always crunch. And every fall when I've got that beautiful fourth cut hay in the barn, I'm always telling myself, I need to just wrap up like 20 or 30 bales of this and just hide it and not touch it. Because I know that, you know, come around the middle of June, I'm going to be scrambling for hay because we're not ready for that second cut or third cut alfalfa yet. But you know, what I've got is kind of on the cruddy side and I, I never can do it for whatever reason I run short or there's a blizzard or who knows, but yeah, it's always, that's always a challenge to find hay. Yeah. Yeah. I agree on that one. And that's a problem across the country as well there. So, um, moving though, right along talking about Adigan news before we get into the youth events, Laura, um, there is some stuff going on with the national show. Do you want to go ahead and talk about some of those postal ballots? Yeah, just a little bit. Um, so one of the things uh, that is being discussed, and there may be a ballot or may not, um, unfortunately, we're not going to have the wine and cheese this year at the national show. Um, and some people, that's not going to be a big deal to them. Other people are like, oh, man, that's always fun. And, and, and I, you know, for me, I'm all about the, the little wine glass. I have my little collection of wine glasses from over the years. So I hate not, I hate not getting another glass for my collection. Um, but, you know, sometimes it's just really a challenge to pull everything together. We didn't have a wine and cheese last year, of course, because of COVID. And with COVID restrictions being uh, lifted this year, we kind of hoped that we'd be able to do it. But just the logistics of trying to put something like that together. And, and for those of you that haven't worked in events before, you have to realize that when you rent a venue, they also want you to rent their catering and their serving um services there as well so that means that if you bring in wine for instance even if we had some wineries that wanted to donate wine um, if you bring in alcohol they charge you a corking fee that's pretty significant because they would rather provide the wine Um, they charge you for servers because they want their people to serve Um, it's just there's just a lot that goes into it so that might be something that needs to be explored down the road but for now um, you know on the plus side, it means that we're going to get out a little bit earlier on, on Thursday. And after we uh, get the award ceremony done, they're going to go right into the Colorama sale, which is always a fun way to end the week and then um, start talking about release. So that'll be kind of a nice thing. Um, always look on the positive side. So um, the other thing that I'm going to touch on is a postal ballot. Um, and, 
Dr. Palmer, this is something that um, is near and dear to your heart, talking about some exceptions for late injuries from youth. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Uh, yes. So um, there, I, I think the topic that you're talking about is um, there's some um, some youth in the Northeast that are graduating um, on uh, on Saturday morning. Uh, and so um, trying to um, figure out the the best way to equitably uh, get them involved in um, in the youth events and and so uh, our youth events start at um, well we we have you know check in and and the quote unquote mandatory meeting those those are pretty easy to get around but the management and judging contest starts at four and um, so some folks that are um, potentially challenged to get there by four and, and then trying to figure out how to, um, accommodate getting, uh, them an opportunity. Um, you know, certainly we can easily accommodate showmanship and, and fitting team the next day, but it's the, the events that they potentially miss. And, and then how do we equitably, um, you know, make those up or do we, we're, we're already kind of jam packed in our schedule. And so moving those events, I mean, there was discussion of not starting them until nine or 10 o'clock at night, but for the youth, uh, you know, the juniors that, that gets pretty late. Plus, you know, a lot of the seniors are wanting to work on their showmanship animals for eight o'clock the next morning. And, and so being in management and judging contests, but, um, so we're, you know, we're as a committee, um, we're, we're working to try and address that. Um, you know, there was a lot of talk and, and again, kind of just making sure that somehow we did that equitably that didn't give anybody, um, you know, a perception. I, I don't think anybody on the committee th- believes that somebody's going to, to cheat, but, um, but there's always that opportunity for perception, right? If, if, um, somebody wins that they didn't think should win and, and, you know, there was an exception to that, then, then how's that perceived? So, um, we're, we're trying to work through that. And, and I think, you know, we've, we've come, to some resolution on, on providing some alternative approaches to those folks um, for a small number of those folks that just can't make it because of, uh, because of graduation. Um, But I I think, is that the topic you were talking about, Laura? Exactly. And I, and I think it's important too, that people know it is a really small number. It's not like it's going to affect a lot of people. Yeah, actually, to date, I only, and, and, you know, technically injuries closed last night. To date, I only have two people that have contacted me. So uh, a lot of the ones that were asking for it haven't contacted me to let me know they're coming in late. So um, I'm not sure if minds have changed or, or they just haven't done that. But it is a, it is a very small number of, um, but kind of concentrated there up in the, in the Northeast where, uh, you know, their, their schools go later, uh, growing up in that part of the country, I, I recognize that we always got out of school later than, than those, uh, when I moved to other parts of the country. Um, but, um, but it is a very small number. And, and again, that kind of just complicates it because, well, I mean, it makes it easier in some ways, but in other ways it's, you know, like, how do you redo, the judging contest, you know, with all these animals and getting them out and, and, you know, the, it's, it's a couple hours later, they've got different amounts of milk in their udder, you know, I mean, just trying to make that fair for everybody when you're replicating it and, and everything is, is a challenge, um, you know, and, and quite honestly, the committee really felt the youth committee voted and, and felt like we couldn't do it equitably <laughs> kind of that there wasn't a good way to do that. But, um, but we were asked to go back and reevaluate that. And so we're, um, we're making plans to do that and, um, you know, modify the approach, but um, trying to do that where it doesn't, you know, again, negatively impact and, and have juniors out there trying to do judging and management at 10 o'clock at night on the first night of, um, of nationals before they have to be up early in the morning with their showmanship does. And, um, you know, it's a challenge. I, I think everybody appreciates and enjoys youth events, but, you know, we're right into them, right? I mean, you know, halfway through Saturday and we're, we're starting and um, we typically get done fitting team 
you know, only an hour or two before the first classes of the open show start, particularly now that we've kind of shortened the week into Thursday, that that puts even more pressure on us. So when we have these kind of little disturbances, it, it does create a, a significant, you know, scheduling challenge. And uh, but um, we work through it and, and try and do the best we can to um, to meet everybody's needs while at the same time assuring uh, that we you know can be as equitable as possible. I think that it's a huge um, nod of, of your commitment to helping all kids that want to participate, be part of this, that you're, that you're willing to do some accommodations. And that's, I mean, I think that that says a lot about your commitment to our youth and, and thank you. Thank you for doing that. Well, I appreciate that. And, and it's really, you know, the committee working together and, uh, and folks, we have a, a dedicated committee of folks that are interested in, in seeing our youth develop. And, um, you know, it, it, like I said, initially, we, 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 we did vote and kind of say, yeah, this is going to be hard to do, you know, without completely changing the experience for, um, for everybody else. And, you know, so do you change the experience for a hundred and, you know, 50, 60 youth um, for two or three. But um, as we were challenged to relook at that, I, I think we've come up with a, an approach that, um, you know, will be, will be fair um, and, uh, and, and not modify the schedule, but uh, allow some of those individuals to, um, you know, to make those up either by recording, you know, so probably judging will be, we'll record the judging and, and then they'll have to judge off of a recording, um, which is less than ideal. But again, you know, trying to get those animals back out and, and they're uttered differently and, you know, just different time of day. And, um, the complexities of, of some of those, uh, experiences, um, you know, I, I think we've come up with an approach that that's fair and equitable. And, um, and so I'm, I'm glad that we're able to, uh, arrive at an opportunity to, to let them do that. There was never a problem with showmanship and fitting team, although there was discussion of like trying to change the order and do those earlier or something, but it's, it's really been that judging and management on Saturday afternoon at four o'clock when, when some of these folks potentially can't arrive by four because of graduation that morning. And, um, and that's where we've, we've had the focus kind of our efforts and, um, and so, but participation in that judging and management is required to be eligible for the premier youth exhibitor awards. So, um, you know, it is, it is a little bit more significant than just, um, missing those events. It, it if you don't have, um, you, you know, you don't have to win in those events, but you had to participate in them to be eligible for the premier youth exhibitor awards, which, uh, a lot of, you know, particularly seniors, you know, they're, they're excited and, and hoping to potentially, uh, you know, be competitive for those. And, and so, um, it is important that we try and identify ways to, to make sure we can do that while at the same time, not compromising everybody else's experience. Yeah. yeah, it's not just about the fear of missing out. It really does have an impact for for some of those kids. So I, I again, I really appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's a great segue into talking about kind of the national show and the youth events there here. So from my experiences as a youth and Laura as a parent of a youth and probably did some of the events as well. It's probably looked different over the years, but there's always been kind of some core functions. Paul, do you want to talk specifically about kind of what the events are um, that the national show has to offer for Edgar Youth? In, in our current form? Yep, in our current form. Yeah, so um, be happy to. So, um, you know, one one change that's happened here over the last couple of years that I'll, I'll just address right up front because it, it does evoke some confusion is um, we, we really have now two distinct youth events and, and they're not tied together, but they still happen at the, at the national show. Um, and, and so one of those is kind of the core function of the showmanship fitting team uh, management and judging the, and, and the premier youth exhibitor award that, as you mentioned, Cameron have kind of evolved over time and, and certainly look different than what they did when I, when I did them back in the, late eighties and early nineties. But, um, but 
they really are kind of have been the longstanding core of that. And, and those occur, um, you know, over the first weekend there. And, and I'll dive into the specifics of those here in a minute. But I also want to point out that we, we now have the Youth Embedded Show, um, which is an opportunity for uh, our youth that are staying for the entire show um, that um, would like to uh, then be able to potentially get some credit for some of their animals showing in the uh, breed classes. Um, so we added a youth embedded show here a couple of, a couple of years ago that's been quite successful. And, and so those are, are, you know, we still oversee those from the National Youth Committee, um, but um, you, you, you don't have to participate. A youth does not have to participate in the weekend events to still be able to participate in the embedded show, nor does a youth that wants to participate just in the weekend events, uh, are they required to, to participate in the youth embedded show. So our weekend events kick off on Saturday, um, uh, you know, orientation meeting, uh, but then really kick off uh, significantly at, at four o'clock with our judging and management contest. And, and those are independent contests now, um, but they occur simultaneously. And so in the judging contest, the youth have an opportunity to judge two classes of four animals each. Generally, we have a dry class and, and a uh, milking class. And, and so that's their opportunity to, to get out there and evaluate the animals uh, and place them. And, and then our youth judges, uh, you know, kind of give us the official placings and, and cuts and uh, we um, score those cards. And, and so it's a great opportunity for the youth to show off their judging skills. Uh, simultaneously, we have a management exam. Um, that again has evolved over time, but right now that's a, a, a written exam, lots of multiple choice, um, fill in the blank type of questions. Um, and it covers everything, um, honestly. So the AGA guidebook, um, for sure, but then some health stuff, uh, nutrition, um, uh, welfare, uh, you know, a, a, a wide variety of topics. And, uh, and so really delves in and, and gives the kids, there's a junior and a senior uh, group there and, and slightly different, a little bit easier exam for the juniors and a little bit harder exam for the seniors. And, and I would say that, um, you know, Cameron, you saw, you, you participated in that not too, too long ago, but, <laughs> I, you know, I would say that um, the youth volunteers on the committee, they, they, they look at the exam and, and it's like, wow, this is a hard exam. And uh, yet we still have youth that are, are performing extremely well. So we have to, um, we have to continue to, to make that exam kind of harder or harder or else you end up with um, too many youth getting, <laughs> getting perfect scores. So, um, so it really speaks to the, you know, the effort and the um, time that these youth put in on um, learning these skills. And, and I think for an association, it's a, it's a great opportunity for us to look and say, wow, these youth really are learning amazing things and, and, and makes us proud to see them as the next generation of AGA board of directors and judges and, and everything, because they really are, um, you know, learning a lot that's going to help our industry. Um, so we get those done. Uh, Saturday night pizza party. Um, all youth are invited to that. So if there's youth listening that don't want to participate in any of these other events, as long as you're below 21 years of age, you're welcome to come to the pizza party. And um, so, uh, Laura, you know, like you were saying, we, we have to navigate caterers for that because we, you know, it, I think a lot of people think, oh, it's simple. You just go buy some pizzas. Uh, no, no, it's not quite that simple. And in and, and some places we end up, it's like, we're going to spend how much for a pizza? Um, you know, it's it's insane. Um, but, um, this, this year, I, I think we're getting a, as catering goes, we're getting a pretty good deal. Um, and so, but, you know, sometimes the youth are like, why'd you get this fancy gourmet pizza? We'd rather just have, you know, <laughs> pizza company X. And it's like, well, we, <laughs> we, that's, that's not always an option. <laughs> um, so, um, and then Sunday morning, we jump in the showmanship, uh, four classes of showmanship and, um. They uh, start at 8 a.m. And, um, you know, we've got two rings running simultaneously. 
Uh, and, and generally that sh- those showmanship classes are, are really competitive, right? I mean, most of them, even the juniors typically go at least, um, you know, at least an hour and, and seniors, intermediate twos, even intermediate ones, it's not uncommon for those showmanship classes to go an hour and a half to two hours. So, um, that generally puts us up, up right close to noon by the time we're getting on showmanship, um, and, uh, and then that brings us to our final kind of uh, event for the uh, weekend youth events, and that's the fitting team competition. And uh, that, for those that haven't seen that, that's where we take teams generally of force. Occasionally, they might be a three-person team, uh, and they have 30 minutes to fit and prep a uh, unfit goat in the ring in front of the judges judging them the entire time. And um, so uh, we'll see how big this year's events are. Our biggest fitting team competition that we've ever had was uh, was here at Harrisburg. Last time we were at Harrisburg, I'm not sure we're going to hit those numbers, but I, I think we had close to 35 teams in the in the ring um, for that show. And so um, it's it's uh, a bit of. I wanted to say organized chaos. I'm not sure it's always organized, but <laughs> but it's a bit of chaos, but fun to watch and and really fun to uh, you know see the kids working together and um, you know trying to trying to work through those unexpected clippers breaking and um, and and really to see their creativity. I, I mean that's become you know really it's all about fitting the animal, but it's become so much more is you know, these teams are bringing in displays and signs and, um, you know, everything. And, and so it's fun to see, see them do that. So that ends our, that's our last, um, kind of formal event. And then all of those opportunities, uh, uh can provide points towards a, uh, and what I mentioned earlier, the premier youth exhibitor award that, um, is based off of, of points they earned in those four events, as well as, uh, open show classes, not the embedded show, but open show points if, if they are showing in the open show. And so we calculate those during the week and announce those at the, at the end of the week. So that's not a, a formal kind of event that they come to and, and do something special in, but it, uh, pulls points from those other events. So I'd like to jump back a little bit um, and dive maybe a little bit deeper into some of these individual things. And in the first one, I've had several people who have come up to me and asked about the management test um, and resources that they should be looking at or studying or um, what, what kind of things do they need to know stepping into that management test? Yeah, it's a great question and, and one that's kind of, you know, hard to answer because a lot of this stuff they could potentially find at, at different resources. And, and so, you know, you hate to call out specific ones, but generally um, when I'm asked that question, number one, I point to the AGA guidebook, um, you know, that that has a ton of stuff in there. And it's not just the showmanship scorecard or the, you know, open show or the dough or or um, junior doe scorecard, buck scorecard, but it's also the linear appraisal stuff, the milk record stuff, um, you know, all of those um, types of programs that AGA offers and, and even our associational stuff, you know, who's, who's our current president? Um, what are the board, of, what is the board of directors? Um, what do they do? Uh, and, and what functions do they have? Um, how does our genetic testing program work? Uh, so, so the guidebook, I, I think is the, you know, is kind of the foundational resource that I would point folks to, um, to really, you know, study cover to cover, um, you know, to, to learn that stuff. Now, certainly we have some other, uh, you know, some questions that fall outside of the guidebook because obviously our, our, uh, desire and, and mandate is to also look at nutrition and health and well-being and, and those, um, you know, aren't covered in as much depth in, in the guidebooks. So, um, there's a couple of, um, resources there that I, I think, um, can be helpful. Um, you know, certainly 
in the industry, we have a variety of um, of uh, resources, y'all's podcast uh, being one of those that um, some of these topics are covered on. So I, I think listening and, and hearing from the experts like y'all have on to talk about some of these health issues or nutritional issues certainly is a, a way to consume some of that information and, and understand it better. Um, there are some other textbooks and, and you know, I, I recognize that probably uh, most folks uh, don't necessarily have the resources to go buy those textbooks, but they might have an opportunity to um, go to a, a local library and access them or, or um, you know, be able to um, kind of skim through them. So um, Mary Smith from uh, um, Cornell College of Veterinary Medicine has a has a textbook called Goat Medicine. Um, it's a it's a textbook on veterinary medicine of goats. A great resource for uh, you know for breeders to have, but it's it's a long one. It's a long textbook. Probably not something most of our kids are going to memorize, but uh, but again, a good resource to um, brush up on some. Um, specific facts and stuff. And and then there's a textbook called Pew Sheep and Goat Medicine um, um, is uh, a little bit more concise and uh, a great textbook. And actually, Dr. Pew, um, good friend of mine, he's also a nutritionist. And so the, the first chapter of that textbook has a really good um, overview of, of goat nutrition that I think is on par with kind of the, the level of um, questions that, that we ask on the management exam. Um, and so those are a couple of good resources. And then, like I said, there's all kinds of extension handouts. I, you know, really the list of potential resources is almost endless, but um, looking for trusted, um, knowledgeable um you know, resources to, to help, um, study those nutrition and, and health issues. Um, there's plenty of incorrect information on Dr. Google. Um, so, so, uh, be, be a little bit careful that you don't just necessarily always use the thing that shows up on the listserv or, or something like that, but, but look for resources, um, like y'all's podcast where you have experts coming on or, or, um, you know, other extension websites or, or other websites that engage with experts, um, to, uh, reach out and do some of those stuff. And we're seeing a growing number, like, um, you know, here at Iowa state, um, our dairy extension team has launched now a series of free webinars. Um, in fact, we have one, um, tomorrow, um, on, um, CAE, um, and those are open to anybody in the country um, on those webinars, and, and we offer those quarterly. And so just looking for those types of opportunities to um, to sign up for some free content and, and learn more about specific diseases or nutrition, I think are uh, good options. Great. That's, that is just perfect. If anybody, if any youth are listening, just be careful. There are lots of like trick questions on that test, if I remember correctly. <laughs> They're, they're, they're not necessarily trick questions. They're just hard questions, Cameron. <laughs> uh, what about specific- you sound like all my you sound like all my vet students, Cameron. <laughs> and I, they tell me I ask trick questions too. I don't I don't know that at all because I've never lived with a vet student, so I don't know. <laughs> um, one thing I want to talk about, which they did in the past, and if, if this not, isn't happening this year, you can cut this out, is the peewee showmanship. Is that being offered this year? So we're still working through to try and determine if that is. Um, that The peewee showmanship was never an organized national show youth event. Um, because with our four, with all of the other events jammed in there, quite honestly, yeah. we just don't have the committee manpower to, to manage that. Um, but the, some, some parents that were interested in doing that, um, you know, kind of pulled that together and, uh, and found a, a judge to jump in and, and do that. And so, um, you know, we're still trying to figure out what that might look like. So. I don't know if we should talk about that or not, because I'm not sure we're going to have it. But, um, you know, I, we are we are certainly supportive of it. You know, technically, our junior showmanship class is open to anybody less than I believe it's age 10. So, you know, all of those kids technically could 
go in the junior showmanship class, which is why we've kind of said, well, we have an offering for that, but I think we can all appreciate that an hour long junior showmanship class is a challenge, you know, for even the the most focused of those really young kids. Um, and so, um, so to be honest, I'm not sure if we're going to have that this year. Um, we have talked about it as a committee, if that was something that we could, you know, take on, but again, just because of the committee dynamics and, and committee members that we have there trying to pull that off. Um, Cause often that's happening at the same time that our other events are happening. Um, and, and that makes it really hard if it's concurrent to judging and management competition or concurrent to um, the showmanship in the morning, it makes it hard for us to, to man all of those events. So just out of curiosity, Dr. Plummer, what is, what is, as far as you know, the youngest age of youth that you've had in that junior showmanship class. Yeah, we had a we had a five year old <laughs> and uh, uh, an extremely mature five year old that uh, made it through the whole class and um, you know and and they did well. Um, it, it's possible that there was an, another younger one, but I that's the youngest I remember. Um, but when parents talk to me, I I often you know kind of as a father of a four and a half and five year old now, and and honestly as a father of a seven year old. Um, you know, I, I, I kind of talk to them and it, my goal is to make sure that those kids have a good first experience at youth events. Um, and you know, if they're not used to being in that competitive of a showmanship class, um, you know, sometimes it ends up being more, more frustrating to them and, and they lose attention and then, you know, everybody gets frustrated and, and, and it may not turn out to be the best. So, you know, my general recommendation when I talk to parents about how young they can go is that, um, you know, less than eight or so, you know, you know, your child the best and, um, you know, just gauge, but be ready for it to be an hour. We, we don't allow in that because it, those are, um, you know, kind of AGA sanctioned showmanship classes. So, um, you know, we, we don't allow what we had in Wee is, you know, kind of the helper, somebody to help lead or walk along with them and those types of things. And, and we don't allow that in those junior showmanship classes. So if, if you're concerned about your youth not being able to handle the animal or, or, um, you know, being able to maintain focus and, uh, stuff for, for an hour or so, um, probably best to wait a year, but, um, it, it amazes me, you know, some of these kids, they, they grow up with parents that were showmanship gurus and, and they just, um, you know, from a very young age, they're focused and, and jump in and do it. Wow. So one other question on that too, what if you have a child that needs some type of special accommodation, um, maybe for a, um, some exceptional ability or so forth, um, uh, Specific to showmanship or, or more broadly in the youth events? Um, let's just talk about show. Well, let's talk broadly. Sure. That, that would yeah. yeah. So, I mean, broadly, we do request on, um, on the information for parents to let us know if their kids need accommodations. And we do make those accommodations, you know, probably one of the most frequent ones that we make is assistance reading on the management exam because um, it is a written exam. And so every year we have a, a number of folks that contact us and, and their kids, uh, you know, might need a little bit of help uh, reading the exam. So we'll actually have volunteers from our committee that will sit one-on-one -on -one, um, with with those kids and read each question to them and, um, you know, and, and then let them give the answers verbally, but we're, you know, prepared and willing to make other accommodations if, if needed to, um, fit, fit uh, you know, folks, um, folks needs. Um, obviously we talked about the kind of timing accommodations. This is the first time we've had to kind of deal with that, but, um, you know, if, if there's needs, uh, we think, Back a number of years ago, we had one where there was a, an individual that needed a little bit of accommodation in the ring in terms of, um, uh, you know, mobility issues. And, and so we worked through um, some of those, again, trying to make sure that it doesn't detract, um, you know, from everybody else in the ring and, and the show, but working to make sure that folks can participate as needed. So um, we, we are committed to try and work through and make accommodations as we 
uh, are able to meet people's needs. So if, uh, if folks need those, just feel free to reach out and, and we could talk through those. That's one thing that I just love about AGA is I, I would hope every youth livestock organization is this way, but you know, we really want all kids, no matter uh, what their challenges might be to really experience the, the excitement, the leadership uh, development potential and all of the things that come with those youth activities. So I think that's, that's pretty awesome that we're able to do that. Yeah, we, and we certainly try our best. I mean, you know, sometimes again, with all those accommodations, you kind of got to think through and think about, you know, okay, what, what is that going to mean for the other people in the ring? And, you know, and, and are their animals going to be scared of X, Y, or Z or, or whatever. But, um, we, we certainly strive to try and work with folks. And like you said, it, for us, it's as a committee, it's all about trying to give these youth a, a good experience and, and, um, help them feel valued and, and learn in the process. Awesome. I want to talk about the my favorite piece of the youth contest that are available, the fitting and grooming contest. Um, specifically in your experiences, um, what I guess my first question about this is, is if I don't have a team and I'm a youth member, I'm a one person, how do I find a team? Yeah. So, um, I would recommend that they come, um, and, and it's listed in part because of this as a, as a mandatory youth orientation meeting at two o'clock on Saturday. And so, um, if you don't have a team to participate with, then, um, come to that meeting. And at the end of that meeting, we bring folks that don't have teams, um, up into a common area there, the ring or something. And we help facilitate building those teams. We don't, you know, there was a time there where we considered assigning teams and, and we really move, have moved away from that because, um, you know, again, we don't know all the dynamics. Um, just like anything else, sometimes teams have to be a bit organic and, and be able to work together. And, you know, just um, saying, well, the top four on this list go on team doesn't, doesn't work well. And, and in some cases it ends up with, you know, Oh, this team has all 18 year olds and this team has all six year old, you know, not six probably, but um, younger. So what we do is we basically say everybody that needs a team come to this area of the ring here. And we have some of our committee members there and, and we work to say, okay, how many people do you need? You need two. Okay. Here's, here's some folks over here. Why don't we, you know, come over and, and let's talk and, and see if this is a good fit. Um, so we help to facilitate those teams. And I, I think we have a pretty darn good track record. I, in fact, I'm not, I'm not aware of anybody that we haven't been able to, um, you know, to team up at least into a team of three, um, you know, in the last, I don't know, eight or 10 years. So uh, it's possible there's somebody out there that just didn't let us know and, and we didn't get them teamed up. But, um, but if they've let us know, we, we try our best to make sure they have a team to work with. Gotcha. So I noticed in the rules this year, it does say that a team consists of four members. And I think in the past, it said three to four members. Can you have a team of three? And, and is that okay? Yeah, we, we encourage four, um, but we do allow teams of three. It just is that sometimes those teams of three, um, if we have a single person, that may be the team that we come back to and say, hey, would you be willing to take this last person that wants a team type of deal? Um, and so, um, you know, we, we do... Um, in theory, allow uh, teams of three, but we encourage the teams of four, and we leave that just in as an opportunity to, um, you know, to again, because we don't, you know, if, if there's a single person that wants to participate, you know, you can't build a team of even three out of one. So um, we, we like to be able to, to go back to those teams of three and say, you know, hey, we'd really encourage you to consider adding this person to your team and um, just to make sure everybody has an opportunity to participate. It's a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. we've got one change this year that um, folks might um, just want to make folks aware of is this year we're having the teams provide their own goat. Um, and, and so on, on the surface, that sounds a bit, you know, like, oh, well, is that going to be fair? I mean, you know, they could pre-fit the goat. Um, but the judges are going to be looking at the animals before the event 
and after the event. So, um, you know, my caution there is if you're if you're thinking about trying to pre-fit your animal, uh, you know, that uh, that first impression, if the judge comes up and looks and goes, huh, this thing's already fit before we even started it, then then that's probably not going to be uh, the way to to get to the top of the podium on that event. So um, we're we're asking teams to, um, you know, to bring their own go. There's a couple of reasons, but one of the drivers of that is um, by security and so you know it's 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 always a risk to ask folks to um, let us use their their animals and and then you know if if the team you know is using a pair of clippers that you know maybe had some ringworm or something on it and so the thought process here is if we can allow them to work and, and use one of their own animals or, or work with a trusted um, friend or, or farm in the area um, and and I think we do have some folks that are still willing to, um, you know, to allow people to borrow them kind of, um, but it'll be on the teams to, to arrange that borrowing as opposed to us having, um, you know, 35 animals ringside that we distribute. The, quite honestly, the other component of that is, you know, we never know for sure how many teams we're going to have until um, sign up, which is, you know, right there close to the competition. And so if, you know, if we line up a bunch of animals and then we don't have enough teams, then a lot of times it's like, well, are you going to clip my animal for me? Cause I went, I left her unclipped when I came to nationals cause you were going to use her. And, and so, you know, we don't, we don't like us as, as a committee being on the hook to clip a bunch of goats that didn't get used in the fitting <laughs> team event um, and, and everything. And, and so for biosecurity reasons, for, for kind of planning reasons along those lines, and, and quite honestly too, from a liability standpoint, from, from an AGA perspective, you know, just, kind of having those as independent agreements between the teams and breeders as opposed to, um, you know, a, a, um, a AGA um, making those the distinction and those arrangements. Um, it, it seems like a, a good opportunity. So I, I don't think it's going to really impact, um, uh, you know, significantly the outcomes, but, um, but again, just know that, um, the, the judges are going to look before and after as opposed to just after like they used to do. So um, be, be careful trying to get one that's, uh, you know, too pre-fit. Kind of our last segment here as we wrap up, because I know you have some other stuff to do here today. Um, talking a little bit about kind of the grandia of them all, and you wrap them up together with the Premier Youth Exhibitors Awards. Um, talk a little bit about that and what um, the opportunities are for youth if they were to do well in all every area there. Yeah, sure. So, yes, the Premier Youth Exhibitor Awards are um, receive points from judging, management, fitting team, and showmanship. So they have to participate in all four of those. They don't have to place in in any of those, really, but they have to participate in all of those. And then they also can get points from open show animals. And and so that's not the embedded show, but it's open show placements. Um, so there's a form. Um, actually, we've moved we transitioned last year to an electronic form and I think we're going to stay with that this year. Um, and so, um, you know, we make folks available where that is and then they go in, they fill in their placings for um, showmanship, how they placed in showmanship and for fitting team. And obviously we validate those as well. We don't announce the judging and management contest um, in part just to keep people from trying to like pre-calculate and, and figure out like, oh, I don't have any chance at this or, or I do. Um, so it keeps a little bit more of the suspense, uh, suspense there. So we fill in those judging and management placings and then they fill in their open show placings, the top three animals. They do have to be animals that they bred and own. So they have to be the sole person um, listed on the on the paper um, as owner um, right now, I said they have to be bred. They get extra points if they bred them, but they don't have to be bred by them to participate. But they do have to be listed as the sole owner on the registration paper. And again, that's just to make sure, you know, and to try and emphasize, we realize that there's a lot of kids out there that are functioning. This doesn't prevent them from working in a herd unit at the national show. Um, but there's also, you know, historically, 
back before we started requiring participation in the youth events and um, some of these things. You know, we had kids that that weren't even at the show that won the Premier Youth Exhibitor Award because they were, um, you know, part of a family unit that all the animals were in everybody's names and, um, you know, a huge group and and go in and, and win enough classes. And we really felt like that wasn't fair to the kids that were there at the show and putting the time in and, and working hard. So, um, so it's a great opportunity. We give out, um, a junior and senior one overall, and then we now have breed specific ones. So, um, you have to have shown an animal in that breed, um, and, and stuff. You can't just sign up for all of them if you don't have all the breeds, but, um, it, it increases the opportunity and um, you know those are some really neat awards um, some really cool awards for the premier and the junior or the senior and junior overall and then the breed clubs um, it depends on the breed clubs but some great embroidered stuff or memberships or um, lots of great opportunities there so we just really like to highlight those um, kids and 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 those are the ones that you know are, are performing well now I, I will say uh, you know every year we have, folks uh, well maybe not every year but there's there's high scoring folks that don't have animals in the open show so that's not at all a requirement it's weighted towards the the youth events um and you by no means have to to win every youth event to to be competitive but um you know it certainly helps to be in the top 10 and in, in one or two of them um to be competitive a quick story here before we wrap up is you can have one goat and still win a premier youth exhibitor award for a uh, a uh, a breed. As I have, you know that. Yeah, I do know that. I have the 2013 <laughs> premier youth exhibitor Nigerian dwarf chair at my house. <laughs> yep, and so um, so it's it's just a great opportunity again to to get some um, some recognition and, and attention on these youth. I think one of the one of the unsung parts of it though even if you're a youth that that really would like to go but you're like you know i'm pretty new at this i don't know i don't think i'm going to do well in in a judging contest or a management contest go for the experience because i think i think once you jump in and do those youth activities and more importantly you meet other kids who share that same passion that you have for dairy goats it's kind of a game changer you're going to make lifelong friends and have so much fun at the national show that, that, uh, that, that is very much worth going for. Don't you think? I completely agree. Yeah. And we encourage, you know, the, the youth, you know, like my kids, um, we're, we're not bringing those. So they're borrowing goats for showmanship. And, and so, um, you know, they youth from all over the country, if you can get there, you can come specifically for that weekend, um, you know, get there Saturday, be ready to head out by, um, Sunday afternoon and, and participate in these events and, um, borrow an animal from, from somebody for showmanship, if you want to do that. And, um, you know, and, and for the fitting team as well. So, um, great opportunity to come meet friends, um, you know, meet new people, get exposed, um, and, and just start to learn. And, and we find that once kids come for that first time, we often see them start traveling, you know, they might not bring goats across country, but um, if, if they can afford it, they might jump in a, in a plane and come for the youth events. And, uh, you know, it's always, I think, icing on the cake. If, if you can to, to spend an extra day and, and watch some of the open show, because, you know, that kind of gives you an idea of what to expect on the open show side. If you, if you want to participate in the future, but um but we um, love to see. We also offer for those that might be local. Um, we offer a you know a, a very cheap five dollar pin fee for um, for children youth to bring a showmanship dough just for showmanship and then leave. So, um, you know, most of the goats that come to, to the national show have to stay all week, but we have carved out this, this kind of local 4-H. Uh, they don't have to be local, but most of the time they are um, to come in and bring their showmanship doughs in overnight for Saturday into Sunday. They have to be off the grounds by, um, you know, Monday morning. And a lot of times they're just in a, a holding pen. So it's, it's not, you know, a super robust, fancy, uh, fancy setup. But it, it, again, just gives them an opportunity to participate and experience Aga Nationals um, without the commitment that their family and they have to make to coming for a week. 
Gotcha. Yeah, that's and that's a wonderful opportunity for those youth there. Um, in wrapping up here, Dr. Plummer, do you have any final thoughts um, or things that you want to tell um, youth before they come to the national show? Nope, just looking forward to seeing you here in a couple of weeks. Um, I, I don't have official numbers. Uh, like I said, historically, our, our largest youth events, um, at least in the last couple of decades, um, was the last time we were here in Harrisburg. So I anticipate it'll be a decent sized show. Preliminary data looks like we might be down some from that, which given gas and diesel prices, I'm, I'm not too overly surprised by, but uh, it looks like we're going to have a good turnout and looking forward to visiting with all the youth here in a couple weeks. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Plummer, for spending um, some time with us here today. We know you are a busy guy, so thank you so much. Yeah, no, I appreciate the opportunity and look forward to seeing both of you here in a, in a couple of weeks as well. Well, and thank you also for your continued commitment. Did you say how many years you've been doing this, Dr. Plummer? <laughs> you know, I, I'm not positive, but I, it's, I, <laughs> I know I've been doing it since before 2000. So um, I, I think it's going on probably 25 years or so. That is an amazing dedication of love and hard work to our Agile youth. So thank you so much. It would be really cool to see how many kids that you've touched their lives who've gone on to become, as you said, directors, um, appraisers, judges, and so forth. So thank you for doing that. Well, I appreciate that. And, um, and, you know, but there's a long line. There's many of many uh, folks that were ahead of me that, um, you know, did that as well and and kind of uh, helped to to grow up my generation as we continue to grow the next generation up. And uh, so it's just exciting to see. uh, And, and, you know, now it's fun to see, you know, judges coming back that participated under me and, and, or were youth reps. And um, yeah, it's really fun to see them now um, and their enthusiasm for jumping back into, into the ring and the youth events as a judge or as a committee member or or something um, like that. So. Well, that's awesome. Uh, listeners, thank you so much this week for joining us here. Um, if you are at the Ag National Show, come find Laura or I. Um, we might have another episode out before. We might not. Um, but come find us at the National Show. As always, we really appreciate your feedback on Goat Gab. So don't forget to you know, uh, give us some feedback. If you want to send it to us privately, that's great. If you want to put it on uh, wherever you get your podcast from, Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts, Uh, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to us, feedback is a gift. So have a great week. Uh, Stay cool out there and hope to see you all in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Sounds great. Appreciate the opportunity. You all have a great day. Thank you. You as well.